Welcome to It's All Mental, a podcast from Every Turn Mental Health. Mental isn't a bad word. There's no health like mental health. We're here to talk about every high and low, no limits, just good conversation. Hello everyone. In this episode, there is a mention of domestic abuse. Please stop the episode now if you'd prefer not to listen to this topic. Welcome to episode five of It's All Mental. I'm joined by Julia today and we're here to talk about EMDR. I'm really excited about today's episode. From what I understand of EMDR, I think it's a really fascinating topic. So I'm really looking forward to find out a little bit more. Welcome, Julia. If we can start by you telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Okay, so I'm excited too about this because I'm very passionate about EMDR. So I currently work as an accredited uh, CBT and EMDR therapist. My name's Julia Westhead. Uh, here's my here's my lanyard. I'm working for Every Turn Mental Health, hence the purple. And I've been with this organisation for nearly seven years. So I'm part of the Derbyshire team and I'm based in the High Peak area. Wonderful. Thank you, Julia. Well, yeah, very well qualified to talk all things EMDR. Um, thanks so much for joining us. If we can start by you telling us a bit about what EMDR is, so what the letters stand for and yeah, a little bit about what it's all about. That would be lovely. OK, so I'm going to start with what the letters stand for, because that's the short answer. So they yeah. stand for, are you ready? Eye movement, desensitisation and reprocessing, which is, of course, a bit of a mouthful. Hence, we say uh, EMDR. And the question, what is it? OK, so it's a therapy that helps overcome difficulties, difficult memories by using what we call bilateral stimulation. So bilateral just means both sides, left, right, left, right. So we're using both sides of the body and uh, it can be eye movements or it can be tapping. More about that uh, later. Um, and the person who comes for treatment, they'll make some kind of bilateral movement while uh, focusing on a traumatic memory. Uh, the big question that people ask, though, is how does it work? OK, so that's that's the really that's the big question. So I use a filing cabinet analogy to explain how it works. So think very simplistically. Imagine that our brains are split into two filing cabinets. So we've got the short term memory filing cabinet and the long term memory filing cabinet. And imagine a conveyor belt in between the two. Something happens, uh, an event in the short term pops into the short-term memory filing cabinet. And then under normal circumstances, it travels nicely along the conveyor belt and lands in the long-term memory filing cabinet. Now, at any point, we can access our long-term memory filing cabinet. We can open that drawer and we can go, oh, do you remember that holiday we had? Or something maybe less positive. Oh, do you remember that time you fell off your bike when you five, when you were five? So that's how memory kind of very simplistically normally works. But when something really traumatic happens, the memory can get stuck in that short term memory filing cabinet because it's stored alongside the associated emotion and the physical response that our body has to it because our bodies actually remember bad things that happen to us. And consequently, those those memories, those traumatic memories, stay in the short-term memory filing cabinet. And that's why they have this real sort of immediacy. Uh, it can feel that they are still happening or they are happening right now. And some people can, can have some really distressing 
nightmares as well. So so that's what EMDR does. It works with those memories and helps to get them along the conveyor belt and filed away in the long-term memory filing cabinet. Wow, that's so fascinating. And I love the analogy of the filing, the conveyor belt and the, the filing cabinet as well. That's a really interesting way of thinking about it. We actually had a previous episode um, on anxiety with Mona and she talked about where that comes from in terms of the central nervous system. And she talked about kind of an oak tree analogy, which was also really lovely. And, and similar things, how those kind of events that can happen within our lives can stay with us and then you know they can still have an effect on us much later and I think that really links to what you're talking about in terms of how they're still kind of filed away with within side of our bodies that's right yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. um and how long has EMDR been used for and and do you know kind of much about how it started and, and where it all came from okay so just a little tiny bit of history in 1987 an American psychologist called Francine Shapiro. She was walking through a park and she just had some distressing news. And she noticed that as her eyes moved from side to side, she got some kind of relief from the distress that she was feeling. And she discussed it with colleagues and said, let's let's give this a go. This is me paraphrasing, by the way. Mm -hmm. And they had a go and they also found a positive response to it. So my understanding is very much like, well, this works, but we're not quite sure how. Then since then, there's been, you know, research and and trials and that kind of stuff. And um, I couldn't actually find uh, exactly when it was introduced to the UK, but at some point, EMDR became a a therapy recognised by the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence. That's what we know as NICE. So it's it's mentioned in the NICE guidelines in the UK. Oh, wow, that's fascinating. And again, I guess there's a link to nature there as well, isn't there, in terms of kind of where it started and being, you know, being outdoors and within within nature, which is really interesting. Fabulous. Um, And what is it used to treat? So kind of who would be suitable for EMDR? And is there any kind of anyone that it wouldn't be suitable for? Okay, so it's most widely known for treating traumatic memories for people with perhaps a diagnosis of post-traumatic stress disorder, which we know is PTSD. Uh, And that is what a lot of people think uh, it's for. And that's where it stops. But that's actually not the case because it can treat many, many different problems. It can be used to treat phobias, things like obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD, social anxiety, body dysmorphic disorder when people see things in their body uh, quite you know in, in, a, in a slightly distorted way it can be used for for lots of different things and the reason for that is a lot of mental health issues can be traced back to a significant memory something difficult's happened bullying is a classic example uh, witnessing domestic abuse in the home that's another example bereavement so what EMDR does it really gets to the root of the problem that that you know could be manifesting as something else uh, and we see some really really good results from it wow that's and, amazing it's a huge yeah. amount like you know it's really interesting it's like you've said my understanding was that it's yeah very much kind of on trauma and ptsd that's, right. that's how i've heard it being spoken about so it's really interesting that actually there's a much wider range of things that it can can really support with yeah, absolutely. And it can be used to treat adults and children. Uh, the children is a, children's training is a separate thing. So I'm, I'm only adult trained. Um, and I would say for most of the people that I have seen um, since I trained 
well, coming up for four years now, four years ago, um, for most of those people, it has been suitable. Um, so it's it's always worth saying, I think, that we have to assess risk. So, you know, in, in the question, who who is it suitable for? We need to make sure that the risk is fully uh, assessed, especially as what we're doing is we we're opening up some really difficult memories uh, from the past and um, people can respond in, in different ways to that because a lot of it is actually the buried. It's been buried for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, for people who are undergoing EMDR, we need to make sure that there are robust support systems in place. So if people disclose thoughts of hurting themselves in advance of treatment, it doesn't mean that they can't have treatment, but it really does need to be monitored and considered. And you also asked about, is there, is there anything it's it's not suitable yeah. for? OK, so um, we are advised not to use it with people with certain neurological disorders. So, for example, migraine. I mean, just the, the eye movements, which I'm um, going to you know, talk a little bit more about. Um, it can it can really make your head feel quite strange. Mm-hmm. So somebody who's got anything like that is not necessarily recommended for. And also uh, pregnant women in the first and third trimester. But everything is taken on a case by case basis and for example if if a pregnant woman is severely traumatized and the trauma is more detrimental to her pregnancy than EMDR you know we we would potentially go go ahead so it's it's all case by case and can you tell us a bit about what an appointment would look like so if you you've decided that EMDR was for you and you wanted to work with a therapist or it can you tell us a little bit about actually what happens within the therapy room that would be lovely yeah yeah because it's so mysterious isn't it what is this yeah, EMDR what does yeah well to yeah. be fair I, I the other day somebody said to me um I thought you were some kind of ninja Jedi. Uh, you know, what have you? I have people say, "What have you done to me?" Um, you know, in a positive way. You know, this is this is like, what is going on here? Um, so yeah, what is this EMDR stuff all about? So it follows quite a, a strict protocol, but of course, um, you know, different therapists will 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 make their own little tweaks. But um, it would go something like this. So for me, session one is tell me your story. Uh, in EMDR speak, it's called history taking. But I, I just say, tell me your story. This is your session. Tell me what's gone on for you. What's significant? What's important? And that's when the traumas will be will you know, will come out. And the beauty of EMDR is they never have to tell me again. That's it. They will be bringing up memories in in future sessions, but they never ever have to talk about it again if they don't want to. That's one of the lovely things about it. And I'll also give them an explanation about EMDR perhaps use the filing cabinets like I, I've, I've done to you and um, a little bit about how anxiety and trauma affects us, how it affects the body. And um, I will always say, though, just try it, just try it, um, give it a go and see and see what happens. And please try and keep an open mind about it. So that's appointment one. The second appointment uh, focuses on giving resources to deal with any distress that might become um, apparent or that might uh, as we start to open things up you know people might start to struggle with so that will be things like breathing techniques um, perhaps helping people to find some kind of happy place in the mind you know to to take themselves off to Um, I'm going to I'll show you very briefly one it's called the butterfly hug and so it's literally make your butterfly put your fingertips just below your collarbone and slowly tap it's amazing 
it's just so lovely i could sit here all day doing this okay so that's that's one of our resources you've got that for free everybody <clears throat> and um okay. other, other sort of similar exercises to help people just to be able to find their calm calm place and then all the appointments after that whether it's two four six however many will be specifically processing the memories so what does that look like <clears throat> as briefly as possible this is very very carefully set up yeah. so the person will bring a memory to mind and will be encouraged to um, notice certain things about that memory and as they are doing that they will be doing eye movements now I was taught my training is that you watch my fingers moving from side to side like this really hurts your shoulder I have to say that really hurts your shoulder um, and in lockdown we had to become more creative so I, I don't always do that for the sake of my shoulder the easiest way remotely is as I'm looking at a laptop screen now okay I'm looking from side to side my laptop people are very creative they'll stick things on the wall they'll look at oranges from their fruit bowl I've had all sorts of things like that so the eyes are moving side to side or tapping so right left tapping fast butterfly and that's what the bilateral stimulation is the eye movements work the best sometimes we combine tapping and watching your hands it's, and it is a little bit like what's the old thing about rubbing your tummy patting your head or the, the other way around it can feel a little bit like that but what happens is um, the memory in very simplistic terms is sort of forced because you're focusing on the past and the present at the same time the memory is sort of forced out of that short-term memory filing cabinet it has to go along the, the uh, conveyor belt and then it's stored better in the um in the long-term memory filing cabinet and what that means is that something has changed so it doesn't feel so distressing it doesn't feel so upsetting any images that people might have had that have been really disturbing them they might become pixelated they might just become less clear the memory is still there it doesn't go away and it's not hypnosis by the way i want to be very clear but the memory is less immediate and that what i say to my patients which isn't you know it's it's not very professional but it's what i say i say it's less in your face because yeah. the memories are they're just in the face it's less in your face so hopefully uh, that explains what an appointment looks like. It might, you know, might make it a little bit um, less distressing for people, people to come. We always end calm. So we might have opened up memories. We always bring everything down at the end just to make sure that people are in their calm space before they leave an appointment. Yeah. Thank you, Judith. I mean, I, that's so fascinating. Like one, just understanding more around how it works how that, that memory can be processed in that different way that makes so much sense and also just for anyone who's thinking about you know you know looking into EMDR themselves mm -hmm. I think it's just really useful to, to kind of have a you know a really good understanding of actually kind of what the, the, the sessions would look like so yeah, yeah thank you yeah that's really really useful um just a couple of um, questions to finish up have you got any examples of um the effectiveness any kind of particular cases that you've worked in where you know you could describe kind of how it's been it's been effective okay so as as i uh, said before you know so it's that sort of mysterious thing lots of people come quite cynical uh, mm -hmm. and and that's fine that's absolutely fine um I, you know i think i probably was myself before i trained in it um so 
without sort of being too specific, you know, because of confidentiality, uh, I've seen really good outcomes. Um, people who've been traumatised by watching domestic violence as children um, and everything just just changes in, in that memories because you see that as a child. And very often those people have taken on board. I should have stopped it. I should have done something about it. And what EMDR helps to do is sort of change that way of thinking about the memory. Yeah, I did all I could. I was a child. Those, that's that kind of thing. I've seen people um, recover from cancer trauma, bullying trauma, um, people who have been helped with the trauma of losing a loved one um still the grief but the actual traumatic circumstances um one particular example i can think of is a, a lady who'd lost her some her beloved pets in very traumatic circumstances and she was massively massively helped by it so just keep an open mind i say to those people and give it a go and um for most people, you know, I haven't got a hundred percent success rate. Who has? Uh, for most of those people, they just say, "Wow, that has just changed absolutely everything." Yeah, and again, I think it's really interesting because there's some things you're talking about there, which you know, they feel really significant life mm-hmm. events, traumatic events that could have mm-hmm. happened to people. But there's also things which people might not have thought of. That not to say that they aren't traumatic in a way, but I guess it's whatever's really personal to absolutely. that person. And if it's yes. something that's affecting somebody, you know, in, it's having an ongoing uh, impact on them, then it's something right. that they could consider. So Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, trauma is everywhere. You know, lots of people have got traumas and perhaps don't even realise that they've got traumas. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. And lastly, um, can you talk to us about how someone would go about accessing a therapist who uses EMDR as a tool? You've said you've put done sent us some recommended resources so we'll make sure that's in the podcast notes thanks so much for that but how would someone go about making those first steps to to access EMDR? Okay so if they want to access uh, an NHS talking therapy absolutely any adult can can do that um, with self-referral so you can go through your GP or you can do it yourself and the easiest way to do it really is if you just google mental health services in my area and you will come they'll come up with there'll perhaps be three or four providers um, <clears throat> and you'd find a service like ours so so we're every turn um, say I'm based in, in Derbyshire if people are in Derbyshire we would be one of the options we're not the only option we're the best haha <laughs> and to get that one in of course um, but um, sorry about that you might need to edit that one out um and you can you can refer online you can refer over the phone uh, so you, just to sort of say to, to stress you don't have to go to your gp you can just google it find it do something online like that or ring um and the, the only thing i would say is that if you want emdr and then there might be a big deluge of people wanting emdr now but um you might have to specifically request it you're you're less likely to be put forward for, for emdr than other therapies um so you might have to actually ask for it if you want to know about therapists in the area you know people might be considering going privately or uh, just want to check out who's out there who's accredited the emdr association has a um, list um so you put your area in you put a name in um however you want to do it you can find a therapist in your area and contact them through the emdr association 
Brilliant. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for that conversation, Julia. I've learned so much. I know it's going to be really interesting and useful for, for the people who are listening. So thank you so much. Thank you for listening to It's All Mental, a podcast from Every Term Mental Health. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to follow, rate and share. See you next time.